Hi guys, welcome back to the fifth and final episode of the Soft Spot Pod. I am once again your host Marion, and this is the podcast where I interview my besties about their hopes, dreams, fears, and faves. But on this episode, we're doing things a little bit differently. I've been trying to think of how to end the podcast, and I decided it was time to turn the turn the metaphorical camera around, turn the iPhone 13 around in this case, um, and tell you guys a little bit about my smoosh slop and goop for once. Um, I recorded this about a month ago, and I've just been putting off releasing it. I just I listened to it made some edits and I was like I just want to go back and re-record this whole thing I know I can make it better like I want to add a bunch of anecdotes blah 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 um and then I was like Marion this is literally not what this medium is for like this is supposed to be capturing someone's reflections just in the moment in a conversation or in this case like a stream of consciousness um and it would be kind of unfair of me to like try to make my episode really concise and smooth so this is just this is just what I was talking about a month ago on my bed drinking my kombucha, as you will soon hear. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming along on this little voyage this semester, and I hope you enjoy the episode. I will see you on the other side. First, a little admin, fit check, drink check, and the soft spots. Um, the drink tonight, we've got two. We have a tall glass of water because you either hydrate or you dehydrate. Everyone knows that. And um, drink number two is a ginger kombucha that's been chilling in the fridge all afternoon. Um yeah, I really got back to my Vermont roots today. <laughs> I made like a quinoa salad for lunch and now I'm having this booch. Let's crack open a cold one. Yes. Okay, delicious. And then fit check. We have my, um, I guess it's like, it's a Banksy, it's a white t-shirt, oversized of course, um, with like a Banksy uh, what does he do? Stencils. <laughs> Literally writes my entire dissertation on street art. Can't remember what this is. Um, but I got in Belfast with Tara, friend of the pod. Um, then we have some checkered Urban Outfitters, like stretchy trousers and socks that actually match this time, which means we're moving in a good direction. And soft spots, I would have to say the, um, I think it's Manchego tortilla chips from Morrison's, which I literally ate like an entire packet of yesterday. They're insane. Don't go buy them because I want them, but they're delicious. And I have to say like coming from the States uh, where you go to the grocery store and there's like 10 million kinds of tortilla chips and 10 million um, kinds of salsas. Uh, and then moving here, where the salsa is literally like tomato puree, um, it's nice to find a nice tortilla chip and like yeah, make a little guacamole. Um, second, 
second soft spot is without a doubt um Florence and the Machines new album Dance Fever which uh is amazing (laughs) and you know when you listen to an album and it's like okay this person this artist just reached into my heart like pulled out my diary that lives inside of me and like put it to music and now I'm listening to it um that is how it feels I want to do like a whole essay or something on like the imagery and I don't know it's so good I feel very connected to kind of the theme she's talking about a lot about kind of like questioning religion I guess and her faith which I definitely relate to after graduating and I feel like I kind of worshipped at the altar of like education and now I'm sort of out in the void um a little bit and I actually I was telling my mom I like can't get this image out of my head of the scene in Finding Nemo when Nemo like swim he kind of wiggle swims off the um off of the reef and there's kind of like a wide shot of this tiny little fish in the ocean in the big blue ocean but I I imagine it like with my face and I'm just like this tiny fucking fish with like a busted flipper or whatever what do you call those um and yeah that's how I feel but in a good way, in an excited way. So let's start with Smoosh, of course. Um, let me sip some more of my kombucha. Hopefully it will chill me out. My my heart is pounding. Also, it kind of feels self-indulgent to like record an episode that's just me talking. Also, what if I end up talking for like two hours? But you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Mm, delicious. Um... Also, I will say I cheated a little bit and I made some notes because I was like, if I don't kind of plan in advance, I'm going to be umming and awing and have nothing to say and it's going to be really boring and yeah. So anyway, the smoosh, I would have to say the the two things that stood out to me like when I was kind of reflecting on this stuff this morning um, was definitely like friendships and my professor's. All my friends know I'm, like, so friendship-pilled. I love my friends so much. (laughs) Um, And it's just been amazing to go from, like, first year where I genuinely thought I was going to transfer because I was like, I don't know anyone. Everyone is so intimidating to me. I feel like a little baby. Uh, I was also 17, so I was, like, younger, and I just felt so kind of lost and we'll get into that later um but then to you know slowly get to a point where I feel like I have a really amazing like network of friends some of whom I feel like I've known forever you know and I don't know I feel just like really lucky and that is kind of I mean we've talked about this before on the pod but like that is some of the beauty of St. Andrews like if you do the humanities like you kind of know everyone because they go to the same stuff and everyone knows each other and it's really special. And I think I've had to say like some goodbyes this week just as people are like moving away and packing up and you know I just am like I don't want to not live like 10 minutes from you kind of thing and I yeah I just feel really lucky and I've had some moments like I was hanging out with one of my friends yesterday 
Um, and you know when you're kind of like in a situation, you're just in the moment, and then you kind of come out on come out of it and like reflect on what you're feeling. And I was just like, I'm just so happy. Like I'm just so happy, and I'm so glad I like know this person. Um, and today I got coffee with um a couple of my friends. Shout out to Hannah, Emily, and uh, Mary Claire. And when Mary Claire came and kind of like completed the 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 four the foursome I just felt like so happy that we were all together and you know those those kind of moments I think are what I'll remember the most from my time here yeah and then second would definitely be my professors I've just always been such a freaking like teacher's pet I just love teachers (laughs) I think I have kind of like an intelligence fetish like I just I love people who, like, know a lot of stuff and are experts. Like, I feel my two shows that truly soothe me are um, The Good Doctor and Suits because it's just people who know so much stuff and are, it's so comforting that they're, like, experts and you know, they're gonna do whatever they can to save that life, or, like, they're gonna do whatever they can to win that, um, case, and, yeah, I think I'm just deeply comforted by, like, really smart type A people. Shout out to Emily, love you, girl. (laughs) Um, and definitely, I think that's sometimes, like, gotten me into trouble when I forget that it's also important to, like, be kind or be humble, but, yeah, I just, I love teachers, I love professors, I love all their knowledge, and I've just, I'm so lucky I've had professors who really care about what you have to say, and, like, want to listen, and want to have a conversation, and who, like, remember your name and say hi to you in Sainsbury's when you're, like, (laughs) when you're buying chocolate because you're stressed because your art history essay is due in two days, and then your professor for that module walks in and sees you and knows exactly what's going on um actually on graduation we had like an art history reception and I got to talk to like some of my professors and just chat with them and that was honestly the highlight that was one of the highlights of grad like getting to chat with them in a more kind of casual context and I don't know they're just so cool they really inspire me also being a professor it's not like super glamorous you don't get paid that well you're doing so much work but I just really admire their passion for their subject and yeah j'adore uh I've also had my fair share of teacher crushes but for the sake of me just like yeah I won't go into that now but um people know the the people who are listening know what's up um yeah (laughs) oh okay note for editing Marion should also include anecdote that um, when I was in high school, I was, like, deeply, deeply obsessed with my social studies teacher. I thought she was, like, the coolest, smartest woman, um, and I started, this is how bad my, like, teacher obsession is, and, yeah, um, I started dressing as her. Like, she would wear kind of, like, navy blue jeans, um, a floral or, like, button-down shirt, and, like, a chunky belt, and I started wearing the same outfit to school, and I just wanted to be exactly like her, um, 
and I've always just had a need for my teachers and professors to know me and like know I care about their subject which is not necessarily healthy maybe at all but and maybe it's because my mom's a teacher and I know it's just like so much work and I want them to feel like they're valued but yeah that's been an interesting thing to just like notice about myself uh over the years and I don't know it's it's tricky like it's so cool to look up to people and kind of want to be like them and be inspired by them I also think that well we're in the smooch so we're supposed to be happy but like whatever definitely this year I started reflecting on like the degree to which I seek validation from those figures that I like really admire and was just like super super fixated on getting like the best marks in their class and like whatever and I was genuinely passionate about the subjects like I was so obsessed with everything I was learning in the social studies class and like in all my art history classes but I think it's kind of interesting I didn't want to just like write an essay and get like an 18 honor or an A it felt like I really had to like throw myself into it and show the professor like how much I cared and I just think you know that's all good well and good in school because there are kind of boundaries but I definitely think in the workplace um that's something I want to think about because I know if I seek approval I will literally like work myself to the bone like trying to please um like authority figures that I admire uh which is not great but you know um accepting realizing the issue is the first step to recovery whatever so I think those are my two big ones my friends who I'm gonna miss so freaking much and um and my teachers who have taught me so much taught me everything I know yeah (laughs) um I mean maybe just like some cute little anecdotes um Emily and Tara and I went to um Edinburgh for a night like it was kind of a chaotic night they will know what I'm talking about this was kind of recent and like we were all traveling places the next day and Emily had a flight at like 5 a.m but she very kindly like still let us stay in her tiny ass like Airbnb room but um there was this moment when we were trying to find parking in Edinburgh and it was such a nightmare and like we went to a parking ride or but like a parking lot I don't know um and realized we couldn't park there we had to drive somewhere else and we were just like driving around parking like trying to read the signs and figure out if it was okay for us to park the car there overnight and it was quite stressful but I was just I had this moment I'm like I'm just so happy to be with you guys and this is hilarious. We're all laughing. We're all helping each other out. And I thought that weirdly is like one of my favorite moments from our friendship. (laughs) Um, And also, yeah, I don't know. I just felt it's just that thing of like, yeah, something's mundane or it's stressful, but like the people you're with make it so fun and make it an event. And that just... Yeah, I really felt that um, in that moment, trying to fucking find parking in Edinburgh. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, other ones. Like, I was in, 
I was a couple weeks ago, shout out to Rada if you're listening to this, I love you, and we were getting coffee and just, like, talking about life, and then we went around, um, like, the thrift shops in town, went to the bookstore, and I was just, like, thinking to myself, I just love this person, (laughs) like, I love the way they see the world and, like, hearing them talk about it and... Um, I just felt really grateful, like, to be there with her. <laughs> okay, I'm cl- clearly, um, cl- clearly quality time is my freaking love language, and, like, I'm obsessed with people, and I'm a golden retriever, but that's just how I feel. Uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to more of that later. But, yeah, and there have just been so many moments where I'm, like, we're not even doing anything crazy, but, like, you guys just make it cool, and that's really special. So yeah, those are my big feelings. Actually, I also, if we're gonna, I feel like the smoosh is just turning into like a gratitude list, which, you know, that's beautiful. Also, big shout out to my parents. First off, for paying for my education, which I would not have if they didn't do that. Like, that's insane. And, you know, I lately have just been reflecting a lot on like, parents, unconditional, and kind of yeah, unconditional love and and just how much they give. And yeah, it's like you love this person a lot, but it's like you're not, you're, you know, you could save that money and like go on a sick vacation or something. Especially because when I got into St. Andrews, I also got like a really good scholarship to go to my state school and I basically would have gone for free. And, you know, that's all that money my parents would have saved. And just the fact that they were like, no, Marion wants to freaking move to Scotland and have an adventure and, like, we're going to support that is a really magical thing. And I know, you know, a lot of parents, for good reason, would not uh, would not be down. And I think, like, that kind of encouragement is something that they're so good at and they've done throughout, you know, my whole life, but especially, like, my uni, uni time. And... Well, there's really no way I will ever be able to, like, repay them, but I hope I can to a certain extent, as much as I can, I suppose, and yeah, I just think, like, my whole life at uni, my whole life in general will be totally different if they weren't so giving and just, like, so loving, so thank you (laughs) if you're listening. (laughs) I should probably tell, I should, I should, I'll also tell them in real life, but yeah, just wanted to to um recognize the people that like le- that actually made this possible and you know <sighs> um but okay should we get should we get sloppy oh my god okay before we get sloppy i need more kombucha i planned this one out the most and i'm gonna take you on a little journey get get excited wait um snoop dog um greetings loved ones let's take a journey that's what we're that's what i'm about to do okay so slop very easy for me to think of without a doubt first year specifically first semester first year and then first semester of third year when I was in Paris in lockdown in the pandemic yeah and it's interesting because they were actually quite sloppy um for literally the exact same reasons which teaches shows me a lot about myself I suppose the first year your girl rocks up to the University of St. Andrews and just so shy so intimidated literally did had no friends (laughs) and like a lot of people felt this way I was so not good at 
like putting myself out there. I really didn't think I kind of deserved to or like should be there. Like I said, I just felt like a kid um, amongst all these like adults, which makes no sense because I'm sure everyone was freaking out too. But I remember I was standing in line on the during, I think it was like matriculate, <laughs> matriculation week, which is like the week before classes start. And I was standing in line to like register with the doctor and this girl was in front of me and we started chatting and I was like, whoa, maybe I'm making a friend. And she was like from London and I was just in awe of how cool and like mature she must be because she's from the big city. And I definitely still like romanticize the fuck out of people who are from cities, which, you know, I think that's ha- that happens when you literally grow up in a forest. And, like, I just, yeah. Um... But I remember she was, she looked at me and she's like, you look so terrified right now. And I was like, girl, and I was straight up like, yeah, because I am. Like, I'm freaking out. Yeah, just like couldn't put myself out there in first year, which is crazy because in high school, I I was so social and really felt like very kind of on top of shit. And yeah, kind of, I, I mean, by senior year, I was like, I literally own this place um, I'm on student government. I wear blazers to class. Like I'm epic. I don't know. My ego was so, so inflated. I probably was kind of lame, but whatever. Um, and I ended up just like really being, just receding into my room and like into my head. And I would like sleep so much. Like I would sleep most of the day until I had to wake up and like go to class or whatever. And I also happened to have a very disordered relationship with food and was, like, really binge eating in private to, like, numb my freaking pain. And also food kind of, like, became my friend because I did not have any friends. So that was cool. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was terrible. (laughs) And then I was so ashamed that I had, like, such disordered eating and I thought I was, like, so gross. And then I was like, oh, I don't. I shouldn't have friends because I'm a monster or, like, I'm weird and lame. (laughs) And so I just, like, lived in my room. I was kind of thinking about this. And and this kind of mirrors Paris because we were in lockdown. And so I truly, um, I had, like, a a 13 square meter, um, like, studio. But the bathroom was randomly, like, half of those meters. So my room was fucking tiny. And I didn't know anyone. I couldn't see anyone. And all my classes were so intimidating. And they were, they were not, and they did not care about that mental health during that six week lockdown. Um, And I truly like, similarly receded into my room. And my room seemed to become like a reflection of my, of my internal state. And I just truly... Um, I don't know if you guys, if you guys have read, um, Crime and Punishment, but I really felt like Raskolnikov, who's just this, like, crazy man having a breakdown and is so isolated. Um, and you know, when you get to that point where, like, even when you go outside, you're like, I'm so depressed and I'm so inside my head that saying, like, hi to a stranger or, like, smiling at, like, the cashier... Like, that's not even a connection because... And, and I would just be like, you have no idea what's going on 
in my brain. And then I would go back to my room. I'm like, okay, I'm back inside my weird, like sad womb. And then, yeah, it was the same in first year. And I really learned from that, like, I'm a giant fucking extrovert and I need so much social time to stay sane. Yeah, I find, like, seeing people and spending quality time with people is what reminds me that, like, I'm okay. My brain is okay. Uh, I'm not crazy, you know, and it keeps me very grounded, <sighs> which is not the case for everyone. Like, some people really just need to be alone a lot of time and that's like what makes them feel stable um cannot relate but like I wish you the best (laughs) and but at the same time I was I also realized literally today that first year when I was like depressed as fuck and just like sat in my room literally eating so much ice cream and hating myself and being insane um and in um Paris where my disordered eating was not as bad But I was also so messy and disgusting and I just, also my hair started falling out and like I have this, um, wow this is so intimate, I have this like skin condition (laughs) where like if I'm really fucking stressed and anxious, um, my skin gets like really fucking flaky and so I was just like sitting in my room for six weeks, like hair is everywhere except in my head, my skin's fucking flaking off. And I'm just, like, I can't even, like, clean my room. I'm crazy. I'm just, I'm a gremlin. I'm, yeah, whatever. Um, But I did realize that I was also making so much art at the time. And I, those were probably, like, my most two creative periods. And I was just, like, making art to try to somehow express how I was feeling. And I was, like, experimenting a lot with different, mediums and those were probably like and I was kind of manic about it like I would get in these very manic states and just like go crazy and very like obsessive about making stuff but I think it was kind of it like kept me going you know that I I feel like that's also what comes with mm, yeah when you're sort of isolated and you really are inside yourself and maybe in a distressed state maybe not And then that's where, like, a lot of creativity comes from. And now, like, I'm out a lot of the day and the work I'm making, like, the podcast and Tara and I are going to be doing a YouTube video for, or a YouTube channel for um, the trip scholarship thing we're taking. I'll talk about that later. Um, But I feel like that work is a lot more, like, outward. I do kind of really admire or like think it was cool and and kind of special that I was making work that was like very personal to me yeah I don't know so I'm thinking in my in the futures if I can find a way to sort of bridge those two because you know everyone has different outlets for expressing themselves and learning about themselves but I think for me like those kind of manic artistic periods where I was so obsessive about, like, the projects I was working on um, and just, like, so engrossed in what I was doing and and feeling, like, so alone. But, like, the, uh, the isolation gave me kind of permission to, like, go to those places and, like, express them uh, in a visual medium. If there's a way I can still access that, you know, as a way of, like, learning about myself and deepening my understanding of myself... Because that's definitely a fear I have, even though I'm so, I live so much in my head and I'm like always analyzing shit, so I think it's fine. But that I don't, 
well, maybe what I'm not afraid of is not knowing myself, but like not expressing it in a way that feels like beautiful or that feels not productive in like the capitalist sense, but like, I don't know, like, what am I trying to say? I'm not sure, but, um, and it also makes me, okay, now I'm just, I'm all over the place, but, and it was cool because, yeah, I learned, I used to think I was such an introvert, but I'm not, I feel so happy, like I just talked about on the smoosh bit, like, I feel so happy when I've spent all day socializing with people that, and having, like, really good conversations and bopping about, like, I love walking through St. Andrews and running into people and, like, having a quick little chat. I love that shit so much. Um, I love being in crowds of people. Like, yeah, I love humans. <laughs> and I just want to talk to them all day and I want to learn, like, how they're doing and what they're thinking about. Oh, yeah, and, like, I spent straight up grad week and then my family, I went to London with my family for a week. Truly was not alone for, like, two weeks. And I probably could have kept it going. Like, I did feel kind of isolated for myself. But at the same time, I was like, yes, I'm loving this. I love people. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I have another low point that goes inside the Paris one, which is that I... Okay, so we had lockdown um, from October to, I don't know, like, mid-December? Maybe that's wrong. And so I'd been quite alone, pretty much in a very bad place, not great. Also didn't really, like, tell anyone about it, which probably wasn't... I guess I didn't want to worry my parents. I didn't really know how to talk about it with my friends. I just kind of stuck it out. And, well, I did have my therapist. Shout out to Christine. (laughs) Um, She kept me going. But, and then had Christmas. That was amazing. I had it with... I spent it with two very close friends in Paris, and that was, like, magical. We'll never forget awesome day hold on little kombucha moment and then um my birthday rolls around the end of january and i don't know what it is but truly ever since i was a petite baby um i get really anxious and crazy (laughs) truly like not thinking um straight around my birthday and I just get really, I'm like, oh, I I think I just get very controlling about the day and I want it to be perfect. And I'm like, I just want, I, I t- truly turn into Rukasol. I'm like, I want everything, but I don't know what that actually is. Nothing will make me happy, but also I don't want to ask for things. I don't know. It's just, and, and, and actually like the week leading up to it, I'm just so anxious. I don't perceive things like the way I normally would. I'm just very irrational um truly like pms on steroids there are always tears and this birthday was kind of particularly intense because i was in a new city and i had planned this thing and then with a couple of my friends they were going to come over we were going to have like a sleepover in my apartment and then literally all of them like one of them was really sick one of them thought she had covid so she couldn't come And then it was just me and Emily and we just met, but it was actually really fun and we got super drunk and like had a good time, but I'm, I'm a control freak at my birthday. I need everything to go to plan. So I was already anxious. And then two days later I had like a party or there was a party on my floor and like I kind of went with Emily and Tara. Yeah. So I straight up had a nervous breakdown where I got, I drank way too much. 
Uh, Mom, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I drank way too much. I pretty much blacked out. I lost my keys. Oh, and so the thing that catalyzed this breakdown was that I had a big crush on my neighbor, who was this Gorgiana French boy with, like, curly hair who, like, had a lot of thoughts about society. You know, say no more. And I was like, okay, I have not seen a human face in six weeks or, like, whatever. I'm super isolated. I'm so lonely, blah, blah, blah. I'm in love with this guy. I, I need this. Oh, my God. I was super shwasted and I was like oh Tara can you go find out if this dude likes me like can you ask uh she asked he's like no I'm not gonna make fun of his accent that would not be okay um he just wanted to be friends I should say that throughout my life I have not had but especially then did not have good self-esteem when it came to la romance and just you know thought that Kind of was always like, oh, I'm not very lovable. The boys don't like me. Like, well, I was obsessed through all of high school and middle school with Taylor Swift's um, You Belong With Me song, as I'm sure many girlies were. And I think it actually totally psychologically damaged me because I really identified with, I completely identified with the, with the protagonist who's like, uh, you, she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts, and, like, I'm your best friend, but you would never like me because I wear glasses and, like, I read books, whatever, like, ugh, I, now I roll my eyes, but back then, I was truly invested in this trope, and I really used it to self-sabotage myself and whatever. I blamed a lot of things on my appearance, which is dumb, <laughs> I just had really bad, like, body dysmorphia, whatever, whatever. And so I basically, now with that knowledge in mind, so Tara's like, sorry girl, like he just wants to be friends. Okay, that's, normally that would be chill. Like even today I would not care, like whatever. You know, it kind of sucks, but like you move on. No. (laughs) I was like, okay, I guess what that literally means is I'm going to die alone. No one loves me. Um just crazy stuff and I proceeded to have a full mental breakdown well part one of it was that I was so drunk I suddenly spoke fluent French I curled up in a ball on Tara's lap I was like je vais mourir toute seule like I turned into a French person Tara had known me for like 48 hours she's like girl I don't know you but like it's gonna be okay (laughs) I go on with the party I kind of collect myself and then I see this guy with another girl, just, like, walking with her. I assume that he's into her. I'm like, okay, once again, I've lost out to the short skirt girl. Oh, my God, I'm trash by the side of the road, whatever. Very melodramatic, but it's okay. I hold space for myself. Whatever. Um, I fully break down. I sit on the corridor. I'm crying my eyes out. I call my friend. You know who you are. Thank you for that night. <laughs> but at this point, like, I, I'm not recording memories. Like, my brain is is drowning in gin. And I am on the phone with him for, like, an hour. I'm also locked out of my room. So I'm just sat, sitting outside of my room, like, crying and talking to him. And I don't really know what I said until he told me the next day. But basically, someone gave me my keys. I literally crawled into my room. I threw up in the toilet. I woke up in a sweatshirt and some tights the next day. Yeah. 
And then this person who I called, uh, well, shout out to Piers, um, came over, kind of explained what was, what happened and what I said on the phone. And it was just a lot of like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I hate myself. Oh my God. Like that, but like, imagine just tears and I don't know. That was just a horrible day. I don't know. Like it's that feeling of when you can't deny your insecurities because they are so starkly in front of you and they're just like staring you in the face and you have to recognize that like there is that part of you inside yourself and it's quite ugly and it's quite mean um and you don't really know where to go from there because these are just like this this is the narrative you've been like repeating and buying into for so long and I also felt incredibly guilty and terrible for like calling this dude up at like one in the morning and unloading all of this stuff onto him and just being like such a mess um and like I still just cringe but it's fine like I've grown as a person we'll get to that but that was I just truly wanted to like crawl out of my skin that day and it's also you know it's one of those moments where it's like okay you can either, like, keep going like this or you can do some, like, very painful work. And also, I'd literally been in therapy for a year, like, trying to work through this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's still there. All these, like, thoughts and whatever. Um, yeah, so that wasn't great. <laughs> that was probably my, like, most... That might have been my, like, lowest moment, but I think it's it's led to some good growth. Yeah, and I think also I was... I really, really wanted, um, oh my god, I can't, wow, this, this soft spot app is so soft, (laughs) um, it's, wow, okay, feeling, I'm gonna have, like, a vulnerability hangover tomorrow, but whatever, I just, like, really wanted, so I, I was in a long-distance relationship for, mm, like, the first year and a half of uni, but I just really wanted, like, a university boyfriend, like, I wanted to study together, and, like, I just, yeah, I really romanticized that idea. I was like, oh, we can go to the pub together, and whatever, 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 okay. Um, and now, like, that I've graduated, I actually feel really, really grateful for being single for, like, two-thirds of uni or whatever, because I think I got to really, really invest in my friendships and also in my freaking self and, like, just really get good at, like, dealing with rejection and or and just, like, in having things with different people and, like, having a lot of just different experiences and learning from them. Um, but, yeah, that's... I was, I was, like, I need a boyfriend. Um, but also I'm awkward and I hate myself, so I don't really know how to do that. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, okay, I had my mental breakdown, that was fun, and then this friend gave me, like, such kind of painful but, like, good good advice, which was, like, you need to accept, you need to become comfortable with the idea of truly, like, not finding like, not having a long-term partner in your life. You know what I mean? But not in a way of, like, oh, because you're unlovable, but truly just, like, accepting 
that that might not happen and being like will my life can my life still be good kind of thing does that make sense and I really did not want to hear that I like physically couldn't accept it also I I to a certain extent I can deal with some uncertainty but things I really want I like want them to be guaranteed and at that point I was like oh my god I cannot bear the idea of like yeah, just, like, being alone forever. Keep in mind, I'd been inside my brain for, like, months. We'd gone to some dark places, so I'm gonna cut myself a little bit of slack there. But I basically began a little journey um, of trying to be comfortable with, like, rejection. And also, yeah, if, if something didn't work, like, if someone wasn't into me, I would assume it was because I was literally broken, trash, whatever disgusting horrible terrible and you know so I kind of started trying to like undo those thought patterns and being like I this just doesn't these what other people think what other dudes think should not impact the way I think about myself and that was very hard (laughs) um to kind of grow in that area I also cannot listen to or I really had to be like, Marion, you need to stop thinking of yourself as this freaking t-shirt girl. That is some weird trope. That is an idea. That is not you. Yeah, I really held, I held on to that. So I guess I lo- I'm such a big Taylor Swift fan. I was like, yes, this is gospel. But and, and it just shows like you think up archetypes, you think up tropes to define yourself by. And then they control your entire freaking life and like the things you think you're allowed to do and blah 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 so that was a lot of like trying to break those thought patterns I don't know it was just a lot of like trying to put myself out there more and like oh also I was just very end-all be-all like every dude I had a crush on I was like oh my god this is it like this is my end game shit oh my god I'm so emotional about this and now I really see um, like everyone I might fancy or like go on a date with or whatever as just like an experience like a learning experience and not as this like forever thing because that's genuine and yeah I probably watch too many rom-coms the media is so crazy um, but now I feel like I enjoy like going on dates or like having hooking up with people or whatever because it's just like a moment in time and I get to meet someone or, or learn from them or learn from the experience. Um, I wish I could be like, this is how I grew, but I genuinely can't remember. I just know like I'm in a better place now, <laughs> which is cool. That's also an interesting thing. Like also I like don't have an eating disorder anymore. So that's fun. And that I probably really stopped being stopped, like having disordered eating and also, like, really disordered thoughts around food. Like, I was so obsessive about food. I would think about it all day. Also, I was afraid if anyone said... that Maybe this was one of my other slobs. was just, like, I was so self-conscious about, like, my body. And it made it really hard to socialize because... And I was really, I was really paranoid about what people thought about me and food, like, together. <laughs> and... Um, which makes it really hard to be present and have fun in social situations 
because there's food every like usually there's food there people are eating I genuinely like truly for like two the first two years of uni and and maybe three I truly like could not eat in front of people like I was too self-conscious I didn't want people to think like I ate food which is crazy like you need food to live um and meanwhile I was like binging so much in private and I would to the point where I would like take I would like steal food from my flatmates uh in like first and second year I I was just like ravenous I had this well I had two things I had this like emptiness hole probably I think what was a hole of like low self-esteem um and and food felt like a friend like a, a constant comfort that could sort of be there for me I think it re- and people talk about this a lot like you um, people with eating disorders like using food to replace certain relationships and when I didn't have friends like food could be my friend and whatever um but I also had this and I kind of worked this out with my therapist like I was trying to be so kind of controlled and like do the right thing I just like I'm, I'm always I just have very high standards for myself and like can be quite hard on myself which you know we're always working on um and then when I would binge eat, like, that was a chance for me to, like, check out. Truly, like, it felt like getting high to a certain extent and I could just, like, lose control. <sighs> and I was, and I, and the, and all the snacks, like, tasted so good. and It was just, like, a free, enjoyable moment. And I was, like, and it was my little secret, like, no one knew about it. Um, but then I would kind of, like, come to after the binge and be like, oh, my God, I'm disgusting. I can't believe I did this. And I'd be like, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Like, oh, my God. And then I would just do it again and again and again and again and again. And I also just, like, couldn't talk to anyone about it. I was so ashamed. I think there's a thing where, like, yeah, I, like, wish that I – this is so messed up to say. I wish I had, like – or I at that time – I, like, wish I had anorexia because I was, like, oh, at least that's kind of the cool, like, it's sort of aestheticized, fetishized in a different way, but, like, to me, binge eating was just, like, fucking gross, and so I guess actually me getting over my eating disorder kind of came at the same time that I, like, learned to be more loving of myself and not care so much about like validation from boys but I'm certainly not perfect I'm not all the way there at all I probably never will be but now I almost get like you know if something doesn't work out with someone if someone's not just not that into me ha. <laughs> I almost get this high from being like well the way I feel about myself has not changed like I bo- and I get this high from like um, or, I mean, this makes it sound like I get rejected nine million times, that's not the case, but, you know, just, like, also I'm someone who often makes the first move, probably because I have a tendency to crush on shy guys, which can be fun, but also a little infuriating, (laughs) but I just, the thrill of, like, asking someone out, or, or hitting on someone or whatever, and then it not working out, and then you being like, damn, I'm such a boss for making this, for making a move and like being brave. 
And also the fact that you're not into me does not change the way I think about myself. And that is truly like such a cool thing and something I never thought like I would feel, you know, as I sobbed outside of my Paris apartment being like, I'm trashy on it. <laughs> so big, big growth moves. Although, you know, I still like catch myself. Yeah. At times and have to like keep working on that. But the other thing, this whole, like, journey of, well, two things. First thing is I was reflecting today about the thing that my friend said, like, you need to accept, you know, like, accepting the idea of never having, like, a long-term partner. Um, And I was just thinking about, like, where I am at with that now. And I feel like now I'm in a place where my life feels so full, like with my friends and I'm really excited about what's happening next year. And I just feel also just in myself, like I like being myself so much more. And I feel like I have such a good time with myself. I'm not the perfect, strong, independent woman. I literally had to call my mom and have like an hour long chat about like how to book a plane flight last night. So, you know, in in those ways, I'm still growing, but I can imagine a life where it's just me forever and be like totally okay with that, which doesn't mean I wouldn't be lonely sometimes as I am now. Sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're a smart dude with a fun, with a good sense of humor and, and you're out there, hit me up. (laughs) But also if you don't, I don't care. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I do care, but, like, not in a crazy, not, but I'm not going to cry about it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, and I can imagine that. And, like, I think also the reason I was so obsessive about, like, having to have a BF or, like, be in a relationship is, like, I really want to have children. And that's, like, a very important thing to me. But you know what? I can have, I can literally do that myself. Like, I, yes, it's helpful to have two parents but it's not all it's you it's not imperative and you know I can figure that shit out and I think that's also just an empowering thing like yeah I can do what I want to do don't need no man what yeah (laughs) oh I'm gonna have to edit this so much well also I think I used to have really huge insane crushes on people and I genuinely haven't had an intense crush in, like, two years, which I think has given me given me some good breathing space to just, like, feel other things and focus on other things. And it also made me think that we maybe put too much emphasis on just, like, romantic relationships, thinking about them nonstop, analyzing them. Basically, Sex in the City shit where, like, all they talk about is guys And it has been really nice to also have friends who, like, are not like that. And I feel like my close friends, like, we just talk about other stuff. Like, we talk about our thoughts, our feelings, things we're interested in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's cool. I Wait, I had a part. I had another thing to say and I can't remember. Oh, yes. So this is a big thing I've been thinking about, which is... Okay, so basically, my friend gave me um, Will Smith's. (laughs) Okay, so I am... I am lonely and, 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 and in love. I am lonely for Will Smith. I want Will Smith in my life. I love him. He's perfect. Um, I love all his movies. And actually, when I was 
really fucking lonely and dead inside during lockdown in Paris. And I also had, I forgot to say, I had like insomnia. So I would literally just lie in my bed all night praying to fall asleep. Shit would, it would not happen. Um, and so I got to, I started just watching like Will Smith action movies in the dark, like in fetal position. And he was my guardian angel. Like, um, I am legend was, was my movie because that's also about a guy who does not have any fucking, no one's around him. Everyone's, his family's dead. All he has is his dog who also freaking dies (laughs) and he still finds the strength to like save the planet. And that was a big, big inspiration for me. That, that shit got me through. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, but reading Will Smith's autobiography, which everyone should read, it's a real page turner. Um, all 450 pages of it. Also some great photographs. It just made me, this is so dumb, but like, it made me realize men have, like, I don't know. I know men have complex emotions, like I am aware of that. But it made me reflect on, like, the degree to which I do or do not dehumanize or just, like, objectify a little bit kind of men, especially men my age. Just something I really, really want to work on is just seeing guys as, like, full, complex human beings, (laughs) which sounds, like, so kind of terrible to say and I'm kind of embarrassed but I just think it's hard when like you the main ways I mean of course I feel like I'm pretty good at humanizing my guy friends because like they're my they're my friends I love them you know but I think maybe especially kind of people I'm romantically interested in okay anyone who listens to this is not gonna want to fucking date me because they're gonna think I'm a psychopath but I think like (laughs) (laughs) I just think when you're when you see an individual or like you start to think of an individual of a group of people as either like a threat because they can fucking hurt you and 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 they have and like they can harass you or assault you or or just be a fucking asshole um or as like some some a group that you're super attracted to and like therefore want something from like uh yeah you know that that leads to like some objectification and like not seeing uh, just seeing like the humanity in someone yeah and that's just something I want to work on and just keep in mind I need to read some books (laughs) I need to read some literature I need to talk to some guys (laughs) no I'm kidding um but I would like to yeah and I also think like the way um women the girlies can sometimes talk sometimes talk about dudes can be kind of like reductive like oh he oh he's just such an asshole like fuck that guy whatever which usually is because you know, they've done something really fucking shitty, in which case I have very little patience. But I also just the other day, I was out on the town with my friends and I felt so bad about this after and I had a whole crisis to Florence the Machine on the train to London. Um, But basically, I saw this guy who I didn't even know that well, but I just had like an insane crush on him. 
And one night in like September, I got pretty drunk, kind of. Like I'd had some drinks. I was feeling pretty confident. I had my homie, shout out to Danny Frank Siegel, like wingmanning me. And I saw this guy at the union. I was like, all right, like let's freaking go. And I was very flirty with him. And he was honestly quite dismissive and patronizing and rude to me. But that did not stop me. And um, I like gave him my number. I'm like, okay, I'm a queen. I'm a boss. I own this town. I, I'm amazing. Uh, I was on top of the world. And then he did not text me. I was very sad. But the world moves on. And then and I kind of accepted like, this dude was not even nice to me. What was I doing? Yeah. But then I saw him at this thing. And guys, guys, he was holding hands with a girl. What? 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 And my brain, like, that's, to- no, I'm kidding. That's totally fine. That's not, that's normal. Like, that's a normal thing. <laughs> but my drunk brain when and just, I went into, like, full alpha mode, like, straight up alpha male. Like, I, I, I was like, this is not okay. This guy's an asshole. Like, and I, what? <laughs> you know? And just was really insecure and was, like, the only way... Oh my god, I can't believe I'm admitting this on the pod. My internal monologue was like, the only way I'm gonna feel good is if I freaking make out with someone. (laughs) I was like, which I mean is growth from when I was in like first year and if I saw someone I liked making out with someone else, I would literally just go cry alone. So I feel like maybe this is better, but also maybe it's not. And anyway, so yeah, I, I got a little flirty, um... And I made out with this guy, which isn't even that crazy, but whatever. It made me feel validated. Made me feel validated in two ways. Number one, it was in front of, like, all my friends. So I got to be like, oh, guys, I'm so, I'm so wild. I'm so free. Um, And then also this guy was, like, very conventionally attractive, which then made me feel, like, validated for, like, my physical appearance. But then there's always that voice in your head being like, maybe he's just desperate or whatever which just shows like you can grow and still have some growing to do and then (laughs) it gets worse um I had another crush on someone who I actually liked the personality of and like seemed like a nice person and I was in my crazy alpha male zone headspace I was like oh if he sees me making out with this other guy he's gonna think I'm cool and like wild and free and he's gonna be attracted to me wow um and I've never done that in my whole life like I've never tried to make someone jealous and like into me at the same time like that doesn't seem like a very nice thing to do but I did it (laughs) and then I (laughs) and then as soon as I finished freaking making out with this guy I walked over to the other dude and I don't know why I thought this was smooth but I just went so let's just say this guy has a lot of freckles on his face and they're beautiful but no but so then I went um uh I think your freckles are so beautiful (laughs) which is not even not even a smooth thing to say it's just kind of weird (laughs) and then he just like laughed and smiled and walked away so I took the L on that one but and then I just had a fun night and it was great but um I got home that night and I was just like damn I just you like I just made these dudes 
into like three pillars of myself of my subconscious like I just use them to make me feel different ways about myself and they were not like full people at in in that moment uh and I did not treat them as like humans I treated them as like tools to make me feel different ways you know so that's not great (laughs) and I felt so just like deeply ashamed because I was like I thought I did all this work in this department and and now I'm just making people into like symbols of stuff that's inside my head which we all do like you know that's kind of what um like the human condition is that's why we write books like that's why we make art but um I'd like to do that a little bit less <laughs> and I just I was just like Marion like you were you were not being your best self um and I just felt really ashamed like almost too I probably should chill like I did feel really bad to the point where I, I drunkenly was like oh my god should I message this guy and apologize for like complimenting him on his freckles in like a weird way and like making out with this other guy and then flirting with him um I didn't do that <laughs> I think that would have made things weirder but yeah so that was a moment a low a low point but it's just something I want to keep in the back of my mind and like work on and you know I don't want to be in a long-term relationship and be like damn I'm not seeing this person as like a whole thing as a as a whole thing as a whole human who is who is not just a mirror to like my fucking feelings and pathologies but is their own self and like that's why and I love them for that self and not for like the way they make me feel or the way they bolster um you know my self-esteem or whatever the fuck even though I'm sh- we all like that is that is that human relationships to a certain extent yes but I'd rather do it in like the healthiest way possible um and like a way that's caring and humanizing etc okay 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 I've been talking for oh my god over an hour that's a lot okay let's let's go back to goop and let's wrap this shit up and talk about the lessons so I think the biggest lessons I've learned like from this whole journey of like um numbing myself with food and um and feeling different ways about and 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 feeling like ashamed for feeling insecure or like feeling ashamed for having really big feelings for someone or whatever and I think now especially I'm really trying to not like label feelings that I have as good or bad or like as allowed and not allowed because I do think like like I said, I have very high standards for myself. I really try to be a good friend and like be a good person. And so if I have feelings that make me, that I'm ashamed of, like I'll just say they're bad and I'll try to make them just like go away, which is actually not healthy. <laughs> and it's, and so I'm trying to just really work on like embracing the complexity of myself. And it's like, it doesn't mean you have to act on your feelings, but it also doesn't mean you have to like beat yourself up for feeling them and instead I'm trying to be like curious and learn more about myself and just like be kind be 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 kind to myself is that so crazy um 
And I think I, the other thing is I do, and I kind of take, trace this back to like what I was talking about with my parents and like just how supportive and amazing they've been. And I just feel so lucky for exactly where I am. And that's quite special because I really, really wanted to go to Barnard, which is the sister school of Columbia in NYC. And I was so, so obsessive about it, truly staked my whole identity and like self-worth into getting into that school uh, and did not get in and thought my life was over. But now after graduating St. Andrews from St. Andrews, I just feel like I am so, so grateful that this is how things worked out and like I would not have it any other way. I'm glad that I made all those dumb mistakes and uh yeah, just and and I'm and I'm so grateful for like all the amazing happy moments and incredible people I've met. I wouldn't want to not meet them. And yeah. So I just feel like I'm exactly where I want to be. And I really just hope that I don't get hit by a fucking car. <laughs> And that everyone, everything's just cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's really an amazing feeling. And, you know, I feel both like content and excited. And, you know, excitement for the freaking adventure that Tara and I are going to go on. I haven't, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I'm in, should I explain it on the pod? But we're going to go to um, the States and then South America and work with some different arts organizations and see how the arts can be a tool for helping create more equitable communities and just empowering individuals um, and communities that have been marginalized and um, disenfranchised. Disenfranchised. And I'm, yeah, just, I love Tara so much. Um, She really, like, is so inspiring and comforting and makes me laugh and makes me, like, want to be curious about the world so I'm very very excited to travel with her and also so hyped to make the YouTube channel (laughs) um for our project and I feel a lot a lot a lot a lot of responsibility to make it because it's going to be sort of a journal like it'll be um capturing like our journey of traveling and being abroad and what that whole thing is like And then also talking about, like, the people we work with, what we learn, what's up with the arts and activism and all that shit. And I just feel a big sense of responsibility to, like, get it right and, like, make videos that are informative and open-minded and not, like, kind of gross savior volunteerism vibes, but, like, really... um, like shedding light on important issues and giving people a platform to like talk about their experiences etc so I'm really excited to like dive into all of that and I'm also really excited to learn like how to edit videos and how to tell a good story and all that shit and I'm glad I have a year of doing cool things before I join the workforce just feeling very grateful and I'm trying to my mom kind of roasted me yesterday but in a helpful way where I called her and I was kind of freaking out about like budgeting and just like um nitty gritty stuff just like little logistics logistical logistical things and she was like 
yeah, you need to stop worrying about that shit because what you're really worried about is, like, not doing a good job or, like, not making the most of this and you're using these logistical anxieties as, like, an excuse and you should be focusing on, like, what a cool opportunity this is and, you know, just diving into it, having fun. And I was like, damn, she got me. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I just want to focus on, like, the positive and, and, and all the cool, cool things. And also, I am someone who I freaking hate goodbyes. I do not like letting go. I want to hold on forever. I love people so much. Whatever. And um, I'm really trying to be like, Marion, if you try to hold on and you don't let things move and like flow in the direction they're going, you're just going to ruin it and you're going to, you know, maybe damage friendships or just like, you know, fuck up this transitional period. And definitely in the past um, with like a, a couple of, well, yeah, like I've definitely had experiences where like I try to hold on to someone so tightly because I'm just like I cannot let go of you like it would be too painful for me I'm not gonna make it that I end up like really sabotaging and harming like our friendship our relationship so I'm trying to not do that and just go with the flow and also know that like things can transition and grow into like something even more amazing so those are all the things on my mind I'm really nervous to edit this episode. Oh. <laughs> I hope I don't... Okay, I'm gonna be... I feel like I've been talking so fast. I kind of blacked out for like 40 minutes. Also, I did not expect to talk so much about my disordered eating. That's that's fun. That's that's cool. Um, also, I can't believe my everyone is gonna know all this shit now, but it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, I wanna... Let me end on a concise note. This has been such an awesome experience, like making this podcast... I want to say like a big thank you to everyone who came on. I love you guys and I really like admire that you were down to like talk like open up and talk about yourself like this shit was very scary and I'm also I want to say shout out to me myself for actually doing something like sometimes I'll have ideas and I'll get really hyped and then I won't finish them or like I won't do them. So I am proud of myself for like actually doing this. Yeah, actually making the thing and also making a final episode for it, even though it's probably going to sound insane. Ah! <laughs> um, but yeah, so this has been awesome. And yeah, who knows what the future will hold, but hopefully good things for everybody. Okay, I'm going to hit I'm going to hit pause. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, ooh, gonna go finish this kombucha. Yeehaw. Okay, bye. All right, guys, that is the end. Thank you so much for joining, for tuning in. Another big thank you to my friends for coming on. This has been so fun to do. Um, you guys are so cool. And it was really fun recording a little solo app, even though I thought I was going to throw up and destroy my phone when I was doing it, but now on the other side not so bad um but yeah thanks so much and definitely stay tuned for some art in action content coming from me and tara in october um 
I think that'll be the name of the Instagram and YouTube channel. So if you're hungry for more content creation from this girly, definitely tune in. It should be a fun time. And yeah, I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, and take care. Bye!